0: This is the remix. I know that you guys, you know, you bounce things off of Tom when it's free agents or offensive, you know, players coming in. Do you even go over any of like the wide receivers or anything like that with Tom? Or does he
1: stay away from the draft?
2: No, he stays he stays away. You know, he's uh he trusts us. Uh that's just not in his nature anyway.
0: It's uh the best three minutes of every year. Uh, don't tell my girlfriend that. Uh, the way it takes Wait! Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa. (laughs) Oh, that is the... the, Jared, thank
4: you for cutting that in advance.
1: (laughs) For the most part, we're not done yet in free agency. We'll see what uh, opportunities come up out there, but we feel like we can go into the draft here again and pick uh, the best players on our board. Things
4: got testy.
2: Last night, I had a a conversation with Tuck, and he he was telling me... Go out there and score, make sure that we win. Coach Quinn did the same thing today while I was up there getting shots in our practice gym, and I went out and did just that.
0: Just crushed my dreams.
2: Boom. Sadness. That's the one.
0: Dude, shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins. 7 o'clock, we talked about the Golden Knights, the offseason, Robin Leonard's future. Asked the question, should Robin Leonard be a Golden Knight? On Twitter, we got some answers. Michael Perkins said, yes, but if he decides to go somewhere else, I get it. The Flurry Colt has made this a toxic workplace environment. Leonard, going to be able to decide to go somewhere else? I don't else? think he makes that decision. I don't think he'll be think able the to. Team that yeah, I think he's got a 10-team no-trade clause. I think he's got limited no-trade clause. No he <laughs> <We> t- <have laughs> traded Robin Leonard to Anaheim. Wait
4: a minute. Hold on a second. Daddy's not there either. Did you hear Patrick say daddy yesterday? No, did he? In his... Uh, in oh, his um, that's good. Media availability. Where's Where's Daddy and, been? In one sentence, he said, "You know, he said he was talking. They were talking about chemistry and she, you know, is it worth it? Skating with people for a long time. Chemistry's like, no, worry about yourself. If you're a professional, that stuff shouldn't matter. You should be able to go out and play because you know, being on the same line with and he pause. Stevie and Daddy. Stevie and Daddy. Stevie and Daddy. <sighs> <sighs> oh, sounds like a kid's book now. Stevie and Daddy. <laughs> uh, Bill Smith also said,
0: no exclamation point." So Bill Smith does not think Robin Leonard should be a Golden Knight next season. <laughs> so uh, we'll tweet out our we're going to tweet out our first bite every day. Uh, if you Robin Leonard's two for two, we're going after him. Yeah, apparently. Um,
4: so you well, can answer he deleted that on his social Twitter.
0: media, so he, it's he wouldn't know. Uh, maybe that's why he's not been as good. He's not uh, able to hype himself up off hate
4: tweets. He's, yeah, he's not able to rip Dr.
0: Saravelli. Yeah, let's we need it back. So you can respond on Twitter today or. Our text line, Finlickia text line 69187 is the text line. You can text us if you want to text us your answer to our first bite. Or, I mean, honestly, you can send us anything you want. We'll just ignore it if it's not any good. But you can text us whatever you want. Uh, 69187 makes sure you type ESPN <laughs> before your message.
3: We will leave you on
0: red. Yes, we will. Um, now, did want to talk a little bit of Raiders, though. Because we saw, or we have reports... That a bunch of wide receivers still on their rookie contracts are not going to show up until they get a new contract. Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown. All three guys have one year left on their rookie deal. All three guys want a new contract. A lot of wide receivers got paid this offseason. Those are three good wide receivers. They're saying, hey, we want some long-term security with a contract here. Hunter Infro is in the same situation as those three in that he has one year left on his rookie deal should Hunter Renfro be thinking the same way as Debo Samuel, I mean, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin?
4: Does he have to pay an entry fee to the group? <laughs> like, is this like a fraternity where they haze him for a little while and then they say, all right, you're part of the group, you're in the fraternity? I mean, I would join these guys, right? If I, I, I mean, strength in numbers. Why would I go solo and like sit out if these guys are going to get all their contracts because they're sitting out or they don't want to go show up because all three are agreeing? Hunter Renfro
0: has been very good. He had a breakout season last year. Uh, after Henry Ruggs was off the team and with Darren Waller hurt. He's not in the same category as Debo Samuel or AJ Brown, but he's obviously very good. And I I wonder where his mindset is when he sees other wide receivers in basically the same position as him, even though, you know, conceivably he's getting paid less than them. I wonder what his mindset is. Because surely you look at it and you say, okay, these guys are sitting out. They want a new contract. What happens if all three of those guys end up getting new extensions for 18 19 20 million dollars does hunter renfro come back to the raiders and say okay guys i'm not showing up you see what these guys get paid you got to give me something here i mean he's got one year left making 2.6 million dollars he's got zero security after that
4: shouldn't he go in and just say christian kirk
0: Probably, yeah. Just go sit down and Shouldn't say, "Christian."
4: Kirk? Every wide Shouldn't receiver, everyone going, yeah. not even wide receivers, like offensive linemen, like <laughs> DBs. Kirk. DB goes in and goes, "Christian Kirk." That's all I've got to say. Let's let's, <laughs> let's 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 make this happen.
3: I mean, if the DB right after the game where he shuts down Christian, yes, Kirk. yes,
4: exactly, because he doesn't have to do anything.
3: <laughs> I shut down a
0: twenty million dollar receiver. Where's my where's <laughs> exactly. my extension? Let's go. I just feel like it's. Again, he's not A.J. Brown. He's not Debo Samuel. But he's close enough that Hunter Renfro, if you're the Raiders, you got to be looking at this, expecting Hunter Renfro is going to do the same thing at some point. That Hunter Renfro is going to ask. I mean, it's Hunter Renfro. He's he's had a good career so far in his rookie. He's going to sign a bigger deal after this. And I would imagine he wants to do it before the season starts.
4: You think he'd hold out? I don't know. I think he should. Oh, I'm not saying he should. I'm yeah. not saying he shouldn't. I think he should because he's making 2.5 million. Is he?
0: Is he enough of the team guy that oh, we got Devonte Adams, Derek Carr's back, baby? Let's I mean, go! Is uh, let's do I'm it? I'm
4: not so sure. I'm not so sure he should be. That, were all those? Were all the others? Well, Carr somewhat was because he took a he took a contract with one year guarantee. he he, <laughs> he at probably least didn't get, have a choice in that. He
0: at least got it guaranteed and got a five million dollar raise. Right. Right. Even if it was potentially a one year deal where he gets nothing, but for beyond that. Renfro's getting paid $2.6 million next this season. And that's it. If, if Hunter Renfro has a brutal injury, Hunter Renfro's done making yep. money. And that's not good. So if I was Hunter Renfro, I would hold out. I don't know if he will, but I would. That's what I would be doing. And Darren Waller's a little bit different. He's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end, but he's a he's a tight end that function, has functioned as a number one wide receiver for this team. I and think he's got Adam, Adam had the number,
4: left. he's the 17th highest paid tight end. Something
0: like that. And he's got but he's got two years left on his deal. He's not going into the last year, which granted, you can still, still hold out. Hold out with two, yeah. You can hold out with however many years you can hold out. Derek Carr could hold out right Christian now and be Kirk. like, this deal's not as good. Um But I do wonder if Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, if one or both, would make that decision. Because from their fi- from their individual financial standpoint. They should hold out until they get a new contract. That's what they should both do. Now, how much do either one of them believe in what's best for the team? And right, right. If I perform well, I'm going to get paid no matter They're what. They're going to pay me, and, right. and, I, and even if it's not the Raiders, somebody else is going to pay me. Like maybe they believe in that, but from an individual financial standpoint, they should both hold out. Yeah, and I,
4: I'm not against you. Yeah,
0: I don't know if that changes. I also am a little curious because of the Raiders, the way they did their offseason they had a couple of guys that are June 1st cuts which means come June 1st the Raiders I think it's like an extra is it 12 million maybe it's more than that in maybe salary they're just waiting. space they get maybe there's a level of yeah they've been told yeah June 1st we're going to have this extra cap space we'll figure some stuff out then and we'll we'll get yeah. you an extension signed or whatever granted i think with Renfro even if you sign an extension, he's locked into his cap hit for this year. No matter what, that doesn't change. So that probably doesn't impact on a But I do wonder if there's some level of hey, verbally they've told him we're we're going to get you handled. Just give us some time. We we got along. We just got our We just got those dinners done with Derek Carr. We now we
4: got to go to dinner with you. <laughs> <laughs> got to get to know you. Got to get to know you, Hunter. We <laughs> we we spent all our time with Carr. We spent about six seconds with Max Crosby. Gave him fifty-six million guaranteed. Yeah. But uh, Derek, we needed a lot of dinners with to give him a one-year deal. The other part of this that I'm curious from,
0: not the Raider standpoint, but league-wide, do you think there's got to be any conversation about the rookie pay scale Probably. changing? Because, if you, again, you've got three wide receivers that have had really good three-year careers right. that are saying, I'm not showing up until I get paid, even though they've got one year left on their rookie deal. You have Kyler Murray, who has, what is he? He's got two years left because he's got the fifth-year option coming in, who's sitting here saying, I, I'm not playing until... I get an extension. You basically have players that are saying, if I perform well two or three years into my career, this rookie contract well, is terrible for me, and I'm not showing up until I get a better contract. In that top sense,
4: of it. instead of everyone getting different, well, they would be, I assume, because where they're, they're picked, but would you do it on a percentage basis? So if Debo Samuel has an incredible three years, would you say in the fourth or fifth they're allowable to get Ten percent more salary and instead of hey, I want a long term deal here like twenty million dollars a year. Yeah,
0: change. I don't it know to if the player much, would Yeah, I mean still want that. The if you're the player, you want you just want a shorter rookie deal. Yeah, right? so you can make your money, your bigger money right. sooner. If you're a player, you want the rookie deal to right. be two years. So that AJ Brown comes in and is awesome for two seasons, then either he's a free agent or the or Titans paid. have already extended right. him and given him a big deal. Teams, I I would guess, would be very unlikely to go for that because they want the team control. Sure, they want, and the cap. Yeah, they want A.J. Brown at less than $10 million for right. five year, or four years. He's not a first-round pick, and that's what they want. So I have to imagine that teams wouldn't go for that, but players would absolutely want the shorter deal. Now, the other side of this, the teams, if you're trying to sell it to teams, is you draft a Cleveland furl in the first round. You really, really want to pay that guy $8 million for four or five years? You could get out of it after two if we right. shorten the rookie right. uh, wage or rookie contract link there. So I'd be curious. To see the other I think part it's of more this, the
4: former though. I think they would disagree with it right. more than they would agree with it. They him. would.
0: They would rather
4: have the longer term deal up and pay and Cleveland up. Furl, right.
0: and hey, we've got AJ Brown at a right. discount. Then vice versa, where oh, we've got to pay AJ Brown twenty million
4: a year, but Cleveland Furl's we've out. We got
0: rid of Cleveland Furl. So the other part of that with the shorter rookie contracts that would change the way we sort of view part of the league is quarterbacks because right now it's all about quarterbacks on rookie deals there's two valuable quarterback groups quarterbacks on their rookie contracts and like the top five guys and the the guy who's
4: going to win you the super right
0: the top five guys in the league whatever you pay them it's probably going to be worth it guys on their rookie deal can be an average quarterback and it's going to help your team because you're not paying them very much or they could be joe burrow yeah or you could get great quarterback play but you're getting good value for that position, even if they're just average. What it's done is your Derek Carrs, your Kirk Cousins, your Ryan Tannehills, those type of guys. It's a hard decision for teams. Do you really want to pay forty million dollars to have the eleventh best quarterback right. when you know Mac Jones, for example, isn't as good as Derek Carr, but he's making like seven dollars? Yeah. So Mac Jones is way more valuable with a salary cap sport. If rookie contracts were two years, so you get Justin Herbert for one year and 2 years he's getting like 7 million dollars and then you've got to pay Justin Herbert 40 that, million a year that the Chargers don't go get Khalil Mack this offseason cuz they have to pay Justin right. Herbert so that changes that and it makes a guy like Derek Carr more valuable because you don't get 4 or 5 years of Justin Herbert for 7 dollars you only get 2 years and then you got to pay him 40 million a year and all of a sudden Derek Carr is more valuable so it would change the way we view quarterbacks if rookie contracts were short but i just have to imagine if enough players are like yeah, I'm not showing up even though I'm still on my rookie contract. That will eventually have some sort of change to the way rookie contracts ran. And maybe it's like you said guys that hit certain performance levels get, get a paid. a certain more. percentage
4: or certain percentage more.
0: Maybe that's something that ha- the NBA kind of has that with uh, contract extensions right. they can sign. So, but I imagine there'd be some change because you can't, as a league, have every good player say, Well, I'm not showing up in my right. fourth year until you give me an ex-. You just. You got to change something and more every, and
4: more. will start doing right, this if now.
0: Every single good player is like, well, I'm not showing up right. until I get an extension. At some point, you're going to have to change it and, and appease those guys. So you don't have as many holdouts Hold throughout time. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. 1-1 pitch, high drive, deep left, and there's that power from Hunter Renfro. Renfro's first home run as a member of the Brewers makes this a five.
4: Call Sam and Ash at 702 820 1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Ash. How are you guys? Today? How are you guys doing?
1: Great. Great. How are you guys? Good. Yeah. How's Rocky today? Yeah. Tough life? Tough life. The toughest of lives. Right. Is, is, or the roughest Did I see I guess. Rocky on a beach recently? <laughs>
4: Probably. Was he doing. He was running somewhere. I thought he was running by the ocean or by the beach. Ash was working, but uh, Rocky was at the beach. <laughs> I yeah. was gonna say I, he, Rocky. He took
1: negotiated this. more uh, vacation days than anyone else in the office. Is Rocky
4: any, taking a trip to Laguna Beach. Isn't
0: he the CEO? <laughs> isn't he the CEO? Who's he negotiating with himself?
1: Yeah, basically. That's why he wins. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Salmonashlaw.com. dot com. Um, let's start with a story that happened uh, to a basketball player here in Las Vegas, Aliyah Gales. McDonald's All American. She uh, was committed to go to play basketball at USC. Uh, she got shot, suffered multiple gunshot wounds at a house party in North Las Vegas. Uh, serious condition, <laughs> though she is expected to make a recovery. Here, um, I guess what what happens here as far as I guess proving she was targeted versus it being like random. She like what exactly is the process here? for Aaliyah Gales and her family?
1: Well, I mean, it's going to be an investigation. If the family, I don't know enough of the details of whose house she was at, what she was doing there, but the family arguably could pursue the homeowner for uh, her injuries or anything like that, proving that she was being sought after or it was directed at her, that would eliminate most any claim because then it becomes an intentional tort, and I'm assuming that most of these individuals at the House party do not have the financial means to compensate Aaliyah for what she's gone through, specifically her medical bills and future pain and suffering and things like that.
4: Uh, She had a scholarship, she still has a scholarship, SC's gonna honor, it, which they should, um, don't know how you know she was a really good high school player, McDonald's All American. Don't know how she translate to college in terms of playing. Is there any chance because she was such a great high school player, you can kind of garnish future wages if she never made the WNBA if she never played professionally? Is that something, or is she just too young at this point? And you wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a degree of speculation to that. Uh, certainly, if if we were representing her, we'd make the argument. And 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 again, she's got. scholarship that already has value Mm -hmm. and I I understand right that it'd be terrible for SC to to back away and and to rescind that now Uh, I've read a couple of stories where her family has said that her road to recovery will be long and I read that to you know she uh, uh, reports again saying she was shot ten times Mm -hmm. so you know I, I, early on, like this, you don't know how long somebody's recovery will be, and even if it will be a full recovery, and that's what we deal with a lot of our, our clients, of course, as we as we work with them and get them through the process. One of the most challenging things is to get them through all that medical treatment, getting them to all the right specialists. Because our objective, right, in, in dealing with an injury victim, is to get them to be to be well. I mean, before you even talk about money, you want to make sure they're hundred percent. Because no amount of money here for this gal. Is going to replace her ability to play basketball at the level that she played before all of this happened, which she was, you know, in the top ten players in the country. Probably a silly
4: question, but uh, there have been reports that this was a vendetta against her. That uh, they knew who the shooter was, or they uh, they just uh, the idea being it was a vendetta and it was she was targeted. I assume charges don't change in that way, but when you start talking about trying to get the financial compensation or suing, does that make any difference in if it was just random
2: and she's walking down the street? Yeah, so police have are apparently interviewing Tanya Harding to see what she was doing uh, during this time. <laughs> uh, Good reference.
1: Yeah. That's
2: a, that's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, so so my point is that these things happen in sports. They happen in business. They happen in romantic situations. We don't know if this was uh, th- what type of rivalry it was. Right. As, look, you got to let the police do their thing. Sometimes the police aren't very good at doing their thing. So, you you know, if you're the family, you, you have to, you know, you may have to bring in your, your own investigative uh, people to look at it. But it's all of this is just speculation at this right. point. And, and 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think whenever we handle any kind of case, the first part of the case is most importantly working with the person getting them better, the victim and the second part of it is getting as much information as you possibly can because knowledge is power
0: uh, There were four people that suffered gunshot wounds in this incident. What's the like what's the high end of charges here that somebody would get or is this is attempted murder the highest this would go yep absolutely. Would there be uh, how many counts would there be? Would it be how many people were shot, or is it like, Correct. hey, there were twenty-five people at this party that you fired into an open room? Could it be. Oh more no, than four? no, it's
1: rounds. It's how many rounds oh. usually oh. were shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if even if no, if it they shoot and they miss entirely, that's still attempted murder. Okay. So they'll the police what? will look to figure out how many shots were actually fired.
4: Okay. All right. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, did, I had that. no idea about yeah. that. Uh, Another story,
0: this one from Philadelphia. There are two athletic trainers for the Philadelphia Flyers that are suing the team. Uh, Both were diagnosed with nearly identical and incurable blood diseases and or cancer uh, within a few months of each other back in 2021. And they're alleging that the Flyers did not have a lot of proper protocols with their Zambonis. They are saying they have they had excessive exposure to carcinogens f- that were emitted from the Zambonis. Uh, I guess they're saying the Zambonis, the Flyers used, are not exactly the same as every other team in the NHL. They also uh, said that there were uh, improper ventilation setups at the Flyers' training facility, where wherever these Zambonis were, there should have been better filtration, better ventilation that would have caused the fumes to leave. But I guess they did not. How easy or difficult are those things to prove the Flyers should have been doing a better job of?
1: actually very difficult so this is um going to be a problem because we was it was the flyers organization on notice of this chemical inhalation by the trainers so the way i've understood it is the training room was right next to where the zambonis are stored and so these two men are going to work in the training room every day and not realizing that they're inhaling the gas fumes from the zamboni just due to the proximity and the ventilation Part of what's going to go into it is, did the Flyers know that this was a problem? are there warnings when you get us when you go out and buy a zamboni is there a giant warning that says don't inhale these fumes please ensure x amount of ventilation and then you will look to see whether or not the organization the flyers had x amount of ventilation and if they didn't that's a problem and so that's what they're going to figure out and and then there's also going to be a causation link in making sure that these two diseases are in fact caused by excessive exposure to such fumes
0: so if we assume that they could prove it and they did win what exactly do you sue for if you can say hey your negligence gave me cancer like what what are you getting as far as damages go
1: Well, it's my understanding these are both terminal diagnoses. So you're going to look at average life expectancy of these individuals. And there's a chart. The jury instructions have a chart and then they'll look at their medical history and whether or not they were reasonably average, healthy adults. And then they will do a, 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 a do math and figure out what's the how did this shorten their lives? And then you'll look at lost wages, earning capacity. The, and then the spouses will sue, and I, I believe that's who's bringing the case for their lack of companionship.
4: Press box transition. <laughs> Press box transition. Uh, FS, F1 uh, driver Charles Leclerc says his $320,000 watch was stolen by a fan who uh, did a pic with him, posed for a picture with him. He was walking around uh, via Salvatore at 10 p.m. Fans recognized him, and he said after posing for the... Uh, shot he realized his watch was taken i mean what a great pickpocker there uh in terms of you don't know your watch is taken um if that happened uh i well i assume the next steps in the investigation is you're trying to find these people but what's the penalty is this armed robbery what, what is this if you took the guy's watch
1: so it's actually interesting my understanding of how this took went down is Charles left the fan scuffle of autographs and photos and then realized the watch was missing. So there was no threat, no violence, anything like that. And so in Italy, this person's facing up to three years in prison because there was no violence or threats involved. If there was a situation where the person You know, assaulted him to get the watch. Now you're looking at three to 10 years in prison. And of course, there's also fines levied on both of these.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Italians are going to put the, they're not going to find the pickpocket. I mean, this is like, this is, this is in Italy. It's, it's an, yeah, well, I didn't want to say that, but it's a (laughs) kind of a, kind of a cultural thing uh, in Italy. Uh, and I've, I've spent a lot of time in Italy. And, you know, you, if if you lose a watch in a public space in Italy or a wallet, you know, most of the Italians will tell you, you know, it's on you. Good luck to you. <laughs> it's yeah. On you. So nothing ultimately happens here. He just lost his He's got insurance. Uh, no, the, the, the watch is more than likely insured uh, under an umbrella policy. His fight will be with his insurance carrier, which, you know, uh, uh, thousands of Las Vegans and Nevadans deal with dealing with their own insurance companies here and and insurance companies we know don't always do the right thing so does he uh, does he win that does does getting pickpocketed? does he win that against his insurance like
0: will they it, pay will he be able to say
2: yeah I got pickpocketed this is what you're here for yeah it'll come down to exactly how his policies written but if um if if it's covered and he's got a writer for that good and one thing a lot of people need to know you may not have a $300,000 watch, but maybe you have something of value, in particular An value. engagement ring. And it, or... Correct. You want to make sure you contact your agent or your insurance company directly and make sure that that item specifically has a rider on your insurance covering it. So typically, the way most insurance, com- insurance policies are written for your home, for example, is they'll have some very small amount, say $1,000 tops per item up to a limit and you think you know you're getting twenty five grand worth of insurance, you think, oh, my ring is, you know, my ring's eight grand. That should more than cover it, you might be you might be surprised to learn that if you lose that ring or it's stolen, you're only going to get a thousand bucks unless you have a specific rider in your policy for that item. So do that today.
0: They are salmon ash at salmonashlaw.com. 702 820 1234 is the phone number. As always, guys, we appreciate it. I hope Rocky enjoys the beach some more. Oh, he will. <laughs> yeah.
1: See you guys. Thanks See you guys. So much, take you guys.
0: care. You take care. salmonashlaw.com 702-820-1234. Coming up next, UNLV just landed another commit in the transfer portal.
1: Bischoff's briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's briefs. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these?
4: Bischoff's briefs.
1: Demand to see life's manager.
4: Bischoff's briefs.
1: Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons.
0: UNLV has landed a new player out of the transfer portal. Luis Rodriguez from Ole Miss has picked. UNLV, so that makes it four players they have now gotten out of the transfer portal. Uh, Luis Rodriguez joins Jackie Johnson, who's coming from Duquesne, Elijah Harkless, who's coming from Oklahoma, and Elijah Parquet, who's coming from Colorado. Um, as you made the point in the break, I think all of them are guys with one year left. No, Jackie Johnson, I think has multiple years, but Harkless has one year left. Parquet has one year left, and, and now Luis Rodriguez all have these are all players taking advantage of their covid year uh and playing one more season of college basketball and they'll be doing it at UNLV. So, works out nicely timing wise cuz Bischoff's briefs was what does UNLV's current roster look like? Um <laughs> a little bit of a change now. I am first off curious how Kevin Krueger views most of these transfers. Are all of them going to be considered upgrades on the current roster, right? Is he looking at Josh Baker and Justin Webster and saying these guys are all ahead of those two players that they had on the roster last year or is a competition or are they depth at this point? I think if we're trying to figure out who the best players are for UNLV and sort of what their lineup will look like next year, assuming Donovan Williams comes back, I think there are two guaranteed starters right now. Elijah Harkless, the Oklahoma transfer and Donovan Williams. If he comes back, I think those two are locked in. Based on roster construction right now, they only have three bigs on the on the roster, and Reese Brown's one of those three, and he like didn't play last season. So they really only have two bigs that you would consider playing, I would say. So I would guess they're gonna play a lot of four guards. Granted, Luis Rodriguez is six foot six. Donovan Williams is, I think, six foot six. So they're not exactly six two guards they're running out there, but they're going to be playing smaller unless they land some big guys in the transfer portal pretty soon. So we're picking out a lineup here. I would guess one of David Milwaukee and Victor E. Walker start as the center. I'll, I'll say David, e., uh, David Milwaukee starts right now. I think Victor e. Walker profiles more as a bench energy guy. I think you're also going to have for sure a point guard. You got three options there. Jordan McCabe, obviously Keyshawn Gilbert, who was a freshman last year and then maybe Jackie Johnson plays some point guard as a shot creator. If they need some offense, Jackie Johnson sits in there for now. I think it's Jordan McCabe. I think McCabe's still the starter at point guard. Keyshawn Gilbert's going to have to surpass him in the offseason. That might not take a whole lot, but Keyshawn Gilbert's going to have to surpass him right now. I think Jordan McCabe would still be the starter, which leaves you with one other wing spot or guard spot. You got Jackie Johnson, who's a scoring guard. You now have two defensive guys in Elijah Parquette from Colorado and Luis Rodriguez from Ole Miss that are, their defense first. Um, Luis Rodriguez was the number one ranked defensive player for Ole Miss last season. Only averaged like six points per game. Doesn't They're shoot getting it a lot of well defensive guys. Very defensive here. Um, so you got a couple defensive options. I think you go Jackie Johnson because I think you're going to need the scoring more than you need the defense out there. Um, so that would give you a potential starting five of Jordan McCabe, Jackie Johnson, Elijah Harkless, Donovan Williams, and David Mwaka. Steady if not unspectacular point guard. You got three potential scoring options in Jackie Johnson, Elijah Harkless, and Donovan Williams, and you've got David Milwaukee as a rim protector, and you can go to the bench for the high-energy defensive guys like Keyshawn Gilbert, Victory e. Walker, Elijah Parquette, now Luis Rodriguez. There's a couple of things. First off, the defense that Kevin, Kevin Kruger has gone after nothing but defense right. in the transfer portal nothing but defense. I mean, Jackie Johnson's like the only guy in the portal they've gotten that you would say is offense first. The rest of these guys project as better defenders than they are offensive players. So he's very clear what he wants to be the priority is the defensive side of the ball. I think that has left them, and they, granted, can still be some roster movements. We'll see who they bring in. I think that's left them with a severe need for offensive playmakers, right? You look at this team, Jackie Johnson at Duquesne, He's taken a step up from Duquesne to UNLV. He, again, averaged nine points in 20 minutes last year, which is a good per minute number, but is not really a, hey, carry the load type of guy. Elijah Harkless might be the number one shot taker on this team next year. Extremely inefficient. Doesn't shoot well from three. Doesn't finish at the rim very well. Not an efficient player. Donovan Williams, maybe he ends up being the number one scorer on this team. He was very efficient last year, but he was never the number one option. That was always Bryce Hamilton. If he's now the number one option, how does that change for Donovan Williams? I just don't think they have enough offensively, whereas defensively, they've got a ton of good defensive players they can put on the floor. So I think they need more shooting right now. Maybe they need another big man, but if you're going to play small, you don't really need more than two. But I think they definitely need more shooting. And in reality, I still think they're still that number one player away from being an NCAA tournament. My
4: next question is that roster an NCAA tournament roster?
0: Unless Elijah Harkless has a massive breakout season or Donovan Williams could do it. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think there, I think the way the roster is constructed right now, you could probably say like the ceiling, this team is top 20 defensively in the country. I think that's a legitimate thing. Like ceiling wise, we're talking that they could hit that, but offensively, they're probably outside the top 100 right now. I mean, they've gotten worse on offense. They've got worse shooting now, and they don't have Bryce Hamilton anymore. They don't have anybody close to what Bryce Hamilton did. So offensively, they're not going to be anywhere close to good enough as an NCAA tournament team. So no, right now, I I don't think so, unless one of these guys has a massive step forward. And again, when you get a transfer, all these guys have been playing for four years. These are not Donovan Williams, Royce Hams who are playing two minutes a game. Luis, no, Rodriguez. Playing minutes. Yeah, Luis Rodriguez played 27 minutes a game last year for Ole Miss. He's not all of a sudden going to be a 40% three-point shooter that averages 20 points a game. That's right. n- not going to happen. That's not who he is. He'll probably have a step up because he's going from the SEC to the Mountain, Mountain West. West, but it's not going to be, oh, this guy's now incredible. Elijah Harkless played two years at Cal State Northridge, which is below UNLV, and he wasn't an efficient scorer there either. So I have a hard time envisioning any of these guys taking that big of a step forward to sort of, handle the offense so I still think they're a player away from being an NCAA tournament level team
4: I mean I believe everything you're saying I think we talked about this yesterday is he following the San Diego State mode of just get better defensively it and, certainly looks like it and hope you can score 64 yeah. it it really looks like it here's another guy that was the best defensive yeah. player in
0: his team yeah I mean that is that is what it appears to be the the goal because They've landed two, like Luis Rodriguez and Elijah Harkless, um, Evan Myers transfer rankings. They're both in the top 50 of the 1,300 guys that are in the transfer portal. But both of them are there because of their defensive projections are pretty high for next year. So it's not that UNLV's landed bad transfers. Harkless and Luis Rodriguez are, are pretty good transfers. Jackie Johnson probably will be too. And Elijah Parketska, probably a good defender, but they just haven't filled the biggest need that this team right. had in the offseason, which is shooting, which is replacing Bryce Hamilton right. is finding somebody that can be that. And from the looks of it, Elijah Harkless is going to be the guy they ask to do that. I don't I don't have much optimism that he'll be better than Bryce Hamilton, which, again, is what they need to go to the NCAA tournament because they they didn't go last year, despite how good Bryce right. Hamilton was. So I think it's been a hmm, I might have to do this tomorrow think about it a little bit more how would i grade their their offseason so far i don't think it's been bad i think they like the four guys they've landed in the last what's it been a week or so right i don't think it's been bad i think it's been pretty good the level of player they've gotten like these guys had, had power 5 offers so i don't think it's been a bad transfer portal session for UNLV i just the, the the need was so great or the need was so high to find somebody to score close to what Bryce Hamilton did that it was almost unrealistic so but they need that to be an NCAA tournament team. So it's been good, but probably not Great. the best. Probably not enough to put them in the NCAA tournament, which is disappointing. But they should, I mean, they've got enough players that they should be able to find six or seven good ones that they've got a good rotation throughout the season. And it might, it might take them a while. We might be
4: talking well, about... Well, we also don't know who's, you know, is Roddy coming back? Is Mensa coming back at San Diego State? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. things throughout the league that you don't know what's happening with other teams that they might be able to move up just given who people right.
0: lose. If those teams, if, if everybody else in the Mountain West sort of comes back, then right. yeah, absolutely. All right, there's you and roster. Transfer portal. It's chaotic. It's unbelievably terrible for the sport of basketball.
3: And scrolling through your Instagram story throughout the day, you listened to Backstreet Boys. I did. And you played some sort of card game. What was the card game to get ready for Spades. Spades,
2: Spades yeah. Whoop and, they tail, too. I ain't going to cuss. Whoop they tail.
3: So was that the right combination of music and card games to to put your place to perform? I'm a
2: huge fan of the Backstreet boys Um, and I just love to compete at anything but anything to take my mind away from basketball for a little bit is always good Um, it's good for everybody but that's just what I do on game days it's music, make, drink my coffee and compete with my guys
4: You're locked in the press box (laughs) Who's that?
3: Jimmy Butler? Oh, before a 40 point playoff game, he was rocking out to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. It just it made me really happy.
0: Listen, Jared, in 20 <laughs> years, somebody else is going to score 40 in a postseason game. And they're like, yeah, BTS, man. Just rocking out to BTS before True. the playoff game. It's going to be great. It's going to be the
4: best part. And of that it. person will have gone to both concerts. <laughs> Because there's well, a wide range they be of cultural. Like Forty then? If well, well, according to you, there were people of all ages at those shows.
3: Yeah. Okay, but he said thirty years from now. Twenty
0: years from now. Okay. Somebody that was ten is going to put up forty-one yeah. in a postseason game, and they're going to be like, yeah, "It was BTS, man. It was great. Those Korean boys dance moves. That's what got me going." Um, Did you have a topic for us, or was that the topic?
3: No, no, well that. That, I wanted to see where you went with that, but uh, no, I do have a topic for you, and it's more of just a question. How annoyed do you think Derek Carr is that he doesn't get invited to these golf games? Oh, the Josh Allen Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
4: Especially since it's in Vegas. And well, it's, it's and-
0: in Vegas, and it's just four quarterbacks this year. It's not even, there's not even pro golfers, and he plays golf all the time now, right?
3: That, he was going to retire and play golf.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got to be upset. That's a good. That's a good point. He's got to oh, be annoyed. That's a with great that. point. You're telling like, me they the, chose the, Josh the, Allen before Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm
4: and just yeah, can, like that's Clark the dark and golf. Maybe,
3: maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe he's, he's too good. good. Yeah,
4: uh, Brady's yeah. Is Christian, Brady good? I didn't he's watch good. this last. I've watched. Year. I watched the okay. celebrity. No, he's good. He's good. Aaron Rodgers are good. They're they're good golfers. I don't. I have no idea about Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes. I assume Patrick Mahomes because he does everything well and was also could have been a major league baseball pitcher. (laughs) That he's probably like a scratch golfer as well. So guys (laughs) like that just do everything well. I have no idea about Josh Allen. Do you
0: know how funny it would be if Josh Allen sucks? That if they get out there and three of them are just like really horrible, and Josh Allen is just
4: atrocious. That'd be funny. (laughs) Then Derek Carr would get really mad because he's actually pretty good. I hear (laughs) well.
3: I, the, so the part that I thought would be funny is that basically Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are really good at like short game, <laughs> and the two young guys are just grip it and rip it. It's gonna bomb it. Okay.
4: <laughs> gonna like be our I, Daily I, Sun, wear a Hooters uh, shirt. <laughs> I have rip to imagine
3: <laughs> without any sort of like he may have never played golf before. Josh Allen can hit the thing like three hundred. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. pretty easily.
4: No form whatsoever. Right. Just rip Just it. literally using just his legs. Did you ever see the? Um, did you ever see the video of Mike Trout at, at Top Golf? No. And oh, he's the one that hit it out. Hit it out yeah, of the thing. He hit it out. He this this drive. I mean, it's Mike <laughs> Trout, but this drive was astonishing. I don't know if I don't know where it landed. He was and it was just one swing and he kinda of turned around like like smiled. It's like, oh my God. I mean it's just Was he using his own driver or was he using the top golf driver? I have no idea what he was doing. I would assume Mike Trout would just use the top golf. It'd be like weird, like walking in with his own his own clubs. I think that he'd probably like Yeah, that's a little weird. I'll just use what you have and crush it. I this this for some reason this popped in my head. I one
3: time during batting practice my freshman year, pulled one over the fence. Like, just, it wasn't even, like, no power, but it went over the fence, and it cracked my coach's windshield. (laughs) And he literally, he was the one who threw it, and I just, like, absolutely swung way too, way too, uh, way too late and just pulled it over, and it just goes, and breaks it. Do you think Mike Trout, like, walked to his car later and went... Oh, yeah, a little, go- little golf <laughs> ball, like, ball. insignia,
4: in, like in his in his windshield. Oh, it's worse if it was somebody else.
0: See, listen, if Mike Trout hit a golf ball and it broke my windshield, if I know that Mike Trout hit did it. it, I'm fine, right? I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Mike, you broke my windshield," and could you
4: sign it? But I'm, it's-
0: gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get something out of it. But it's a great story. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably gonna get something. Mike Trout's probably gonna pay for my windshield and give you a jersey. Right? Yeah. But if if I don't know that Mike Trout did it, and he doesn't know, and I just walk out, and my windshield's broken, and there's a golf ball sitting there, yeah. that's terrible. It's horrible because now I don't get anything out of it, and I just have some moron, <laughs> some meathead, cranked up <laughs> and cranked launched up one out of top yards. golf,
4: and broke my uh, windshield. It's a nightmare. Mike Trout probably got hurt doing that too. Man, he, man, it was the, the 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 power in that swing was just amazing, and he just turned around and started like smiling. It's like, oh my God, uh, Debo Samuel. Breaking news has asked the Niners yeah. to trade him. Where's he going?
0: San <laughs> Las Francisco, Vegas,
4: baby. Yeah. How many? The, how do many, you know
0: that? That would be funny if they traded for Debo Samuel.
3: How many picks do they have left? The Raiders? It, yeah, in this draft. Well,
0: all but the first and the second. And so then they have. I mean, you're not getting Debo
3: Samuel for a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. No. 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 Where's that chart? Where's Jimmy Johnson's chart that nobody else uses or only bad
0: teams use now? I, you'd have to give up next year's picks, I would assume. All of them? Yeah, Maybe. Why not? Do you know how funny it would be? Two-thirds, fourths,
3: 2 two-fifths,
0: two two-sixths. What if they traded for Debo Samuel? Do you know how great that would be? First off, way too many wide receivers and no offensive linemen.
4: Right. But that would
0: Correct. be phenomenal. If they just were yeah, like, yeah, we're just adding skill position guys. Just he just get hit on.
4: every play, and he wouldn't but be
0: able
3: to get them the ball. No, he he's got one of the quickest releases in football. Car or Samuel. <laughs> I just I would literally be like, uh, Derek, don't bother going under center.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: <laughs> just shotgun, get it out of your he hand. Sh- as he quick as shotgun possible. every play. He yeah, like every literally throw and duck. They can they
0: can give him the same deal they've given Car and Devontae Adams. One year's fully guaranteed. We can get completely out of it after one year. And if not, you got a bunch of guaranteed money in years two and three. Just give them the same deal. That'll be fine. But Samuel,
4: the problem is they don't have much capital to give up. Well,
0: he's not going to make much. This. He's still on the rookie deal. That's the thing. You can give him the extension beyond this year into the future where the cap hit gets bigger. Well, this they have year, to give
4: up for him. That's the well, yeah.
0: Waller picks. Yeah, send him Darren Waller. Well, they got killed. Send him Hunter Kittle. Renfro. <laughs> Send them Hunter Ren. They'll hand Hunter Ren for the ball 40 times next year. That'll get He'll probably be good at it. Probably work out well. Debo Samuel wants out. Oh, get rid of the rookie contracts. They're ruining the sport.